Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the new Mainstream Podcast, where we explore the impact of multicultural consumers on marketing and media. I'm your host, Mario Carrasco, and co-founder of ThinkNow. Excited to introduce our guest today, Alyssa Lipman, Vice President, Head of Culture and Business Operations at the National Football League. Welcome, Alyssa. Thank you, Mario. It's so great to be here with you. Yeah, likewise. And we were just talking, um, your, your title just changed. Like it last did. Week. <laughs> it did. We're just a few days in to an expansion of responsibilities. Awesome. Um, so we want to hear more about your role, but um, I got the opportunity to hear a little bit about your story at an event that we met at at USC. Um, would love to, for you to share your career journey. You've you've had a really interesting journey from social media to now um, culture and business operations. Tell us a little bit about how, how you got to your current role. Sure. Uh, so I, like, like you mentioned, I went to USC, I had a fantastic four years, uh, such a great experience, and took advantage of a lot of different opportunities at USC. I think that some of the things that that they teach us, especially in the Marshall School of Business, is the importance of opportunity, the importance of connection, networking, uh, and, and really taking advantage of what's in front of you. And that was something that I really tried to do in just whatever I could at USC. And so as I started in the working world, I took some of those learnings and I leveraged my powerful USC network and landed my first full-time career at full-time job at a boutique marketing agency uh, in my hometown in Long Beach, California. And working at a smaller agency, I think one of the great things is that I was able to wear many hats. I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted my career trajectory to look like. I wanted to dabble. I was interested in marketing. I was interested in operations. I was interested in relationship building. And I was able to gain a lot of valuable experience across a wide range of functions. And the interesting thing is the agency I joined differentiated ourselves in being results driven, data first, and ROI at the heart of everything that we did. And in the early 2000s, that was not common. Now it's what we all do and we live and breathe it. But during that time, it really was our differentiator. And so as I settled into relationship management, uh, I worked as an account executive with our largest account for Toyota. I also settled into the power of understanding and using data to make smart business decisions. So I did five years at that agency, and then I made the decision to uh, move in a different direction into an industry that I was a little bit more passionate about and and just see what new challenges I could uh, I could take on. And so I took on this role at the NFL in 2010 as an account manager. We were building out the NFL team websites to build some economies of scale and efficiencies. And I was a small fish in a big pond. I was one of eight people doing the same exact role as an account manager. And so for me, I took that as an opportunity to find a way to differentiate myself. I think it's important to find your niche. It's important to know what you do a little bit better than other people around you. And I realized that we were sitting on a ton of data. 
And we weren't really looking at that ROI. We weren't looking at the, the amount of analytics that we were starting to gather from all of our digital properties. And very few people internally at that point knew how to even read the data, download a report, and how we could use that to inform our business decisions. So that's where I just leaned in. I leaned into my past experience. I started using the data to help some of the teams that I was assigned to. And then that turned into, well, maybe I should teach my peers how to pull a report. And then maybe I should teach the NFL teams and their digital staff how to pull some reports. And then that turned into best practices. And it turned into really an entire strategic consulting group that I was able to build out that really focused on the rise of digital and social, the importance of data, and how that can drive your content decisions, your business decisions, your marketing efforts. And it really was such an interesting time to be at the forefront of all of these new platform launches from Instagram, Snapchat. We helped launch all of the YouTube channels for the 32 teams. And it was that we were at the forefront of all of these business decisions and new technologies and establishing a presence. And I think what I learned was how to communicate, how to take that data and how to storytell, but also how to connect. And so we're thinking about how to connect with different people, whether you're talking to an owner of an NFL team, all the way down to the social media intern that was just hired. How do you connect? How do you get them to buy in and to understand the importance of these platforms, the reach, the scale, and then how to use the data that was in front of you to inform those business decisions that will help drive your business for years to come. So yeah, I did that. Yeah. So no, go no, go ahead, please. So I did that for about 10 seasons because in the NFL we measure what we do in football seasons. Love that. And then in 2020, I took this career pivot and accepted this new role, brand new role as vice president of planning and culture within NFL media. It was sort of a chief of staff role for the LA office. Uh, really bridging the people and the business side within NFL media. And we were specifically approaching an office relocation at that time. Uh, and so it was really thinking about how do we tie our business closer together? How do we reestablish our culture in a new place? But little did I know that there was a pandemic coming uh, when I accepted the role. So um, that gets us to where we are now. So I'll pause here and uh, and see how we want to take this conversation. No, I, I love that. And I, I was just going to recap. I think you just gave some really good insights for people maybe starting their career. You went to a smaller agency that it, it can be tough because you have so many hats, but the positive side of that you got to put your hands in everything and found what you're passionate about. Um, the data aspect, obviously, I'm pro data as a as a market research entrepreneur. But what I, what really stood out to me is that that was your passion, that was a strength of yours. But you didn't keep it for yourself. You shared you shared it, right? I think I think many times as you know, people in their career they think that their strength they 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 got to keep it. But you you grew through actually sharing that out sharing it to team members, sharing it to other stakeholders. So that's, that's really great. Um, and, and then, and then you mentioned, um, I feel like early on that you were, you were a connector in, in, in your roles. And I, 
it sounds like um, your cur- well. Tell us about your current role. Like you're, you're connecting culture. You, you're moving into the community. Tell us about um, what you're doing in your new, new role now. Yeah, so it's it's a really interesting role where I sit at the intersection of our people, our business objectives. I work very closely with our HR team. Uh, I and I really think about all of the information that's going out to our 1,000 plus employees, especially here in our Los Angeles office, uh, which is primarily for NFL media. Uh, So I sit within the NFL media organization and we really think about how we can engage our staff and really drive our business results. And so coming into this brand new role, it had never been established before. And it's important to think about how to approach this, right? It was, how are we going to take this, uh, this opportunity to really listen to our staff, to learn what some of those, those hurdles are, what are their challenges, what could allow them to do their jobs better, especially as we were moving into a brand new office built for us. And so it was a really unique opportunity to really think about what we had in front of us. And so I always say like 2020 was really listen and learn, spend that time to understand our people. I had been in a very specific organization for a decade prior that worked outwardly with our NFL teams, but I had to start to embed myself into the broader employee experience that was taking place here. And then in 2021, that was when we were starting our office relocation. And so I had to find a way to establish credibility, to build trust, to really listen and take what I had heard and put it into practice. But people need to be able to understand the perspective of our leaders. They needed to know how we felt, how we were planning for the best opportunities for each one of them. And then in 2022, it was really about executing the strategy. So build this foundation, start to execute it, refine our programs, and really think about that continuous improvement. And then it comes to where we are now and the the expanded role uh, just announced last week as we think about culture and business operations intertwined even more closely together because what we want to do is make sure that our employees have the best experience, that barriers are broken down for them, and that they're able to effectively do their jobs, but also feel a part of something that's bigger than just their roles. And I, I want to, so um, I, I want to, you, you, I think we talked, one of the conversations we had, you explained, you know, every organization thinks about culture differently. I'm, that's a big word. It's a, it's something it's big to tackle. How do you approach it at the NFL and personally at, 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 in, in your role? What is, what does culture mean? I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I've thought about at length over the last few years. And what does it mean to me is that it's not just me that drives culture. I may have culture in my title, but it takes everyone moving in the same direction. It takes our leaders embodying our values and sharing that with words and actions that match. And it takes us 
finding culture carriers. And I think that's really important. And some of the programs that I've initiated at the NFL are really about finding these culture carriers, giving them the tools to continue to spread it amongst their own departments, amongst their communities, amongst our employee resource groups, different committees, and being able to spread it because it needs to be something that people feel as within many other people around them to bring uh, to bring everyone up together. That's great. And, and, and thank you for bringing up, you know, the ERGs. I know um, many organizations, including the NFL, right? Not only you had the pandemic happening in 2020, but also some big social changes happening. So how, how does, did your role um, interact with DE&I, like, how, do, how does that play into your role and, and how do you connect business operations now with DE&I and ERGs? I think, you know, earlier you used the word connector and that's really what I love to embody is how can I be a resource to others? How can I be helpful? How can I listen and break down something that might be a hurdle for someone else? How do I connect disparate groups to do something and collaborate together versus all of us operating in silos? And I think one of the things within that is teaching people to be resourceful and teaching people to advocate for themselves. And I think the beauty of our employee resource groups is it's an incredible development opportunity that's right there in front of every employee, every staff member to join these ERGs and to build a community outside of their specific department, outside of their manager relationship or their peer relationship. But now you have a way to uh, cross collaborate uh, and really create some really unique business synergies that help in everything that we do, but it also makes you feel that sense of belonging, uh, that you have someone that that thinks and maybe looks and acts like you, and you can run things off and bounce ideas off of them in, in a new way and, and just have conversations that you may not be having at the business level within your own department. And so I feel grateful uh, to be, one, I'm a co-chair of the Parents ERG. We founded that in 2019, and we've done some really incredible programming there. But I also love connecting all of our ERGs together so that we can jointly help across our entire community. So one of the things that we launched was an ERG involvement fair. So take us back to like our college years and you think about that traditional like club involvement fair at a college. And we brought that to our LA office because we needed people to feel connected. We're in this brand new space. We have all of these groups that became very active during the pandemic, but it was some one of those things that how do you get involved? And how do you share your story with members who may not know exactly what you stand for? And that was a really successful event that's now been expanded across the entire league. Uh, and so um, last summer, we held one, uh, an involvement fair across all of our campuses and allowed people to join all of our various ERGs. And it's incredible to just see the growth over the last few years and the sense of community that's built within each of these. I love that. And, and I, I, I have to say, like the most recent Super Bowl, um, 
you could feel the investment in culture that the NFL is doing, right? I mean, the thing that stands out to me is the the Super Bowl logo designed by a Latina artist based out of Phoenix. Like, um, yeah, can you give us a little background on how that came to be and were, were ERGs involved or DNI or, um, yeah, I would love to hear a little bit of background of that. I think that there is just such an investment in diversity, equity, and inclusion across the NFL right now. And some of it is some of it is public facing and some of it is just the internal commitment to what we are trying to do. And it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. And I think that as I work closer with leaders across different committees and we think about uh, we think about what's in front of us, it definitely is a long game. And so each one of these activities and each one of these things that may make it to a fan-facing environment, uh, there's also so much behind-the-scenes work that's gone into that. Years of planning and years of developing and building those foundations. And and just credit to uh, our diversity, equity, and inclusion team, to our marketing team, um, and to so many people who are really thinking about the different ways that we can embed and weave DEI into everything that we do. And so a lot of the programs that I work on are more internal facing, but what I love to see is our ERGs are consulted. They're they're thinking about the different ways that uh, they can showcase their expertise, that we can bring all of their shared experiences into the research that our teams are using to produce the content. And I think that's also uh, evolving into much more diverse teams across all of our different departments because you want to have content creators and creatives that are really thinking about it from different perspectives. I love that. And and then again, right, full circle, it's all, it's, it's improving the culture, but um, it's also improving the business, right? Like, I mean, you're getting that connection, that community involvement um, and, and more reflective of the viewership. And another thing I think that, you know, um, that I wasn't aware of before us talking was uh, how community and specifically where you all are plays such a big role, right? Um, so you have Inglewood where, where SoFi is there. You've launched launched some great programs. Tell us a little bit about how you got that community involved in, in, in the new headquarters there. So this was all a part of my year one listen and learn. And so we held some listening sessions as we were preparing for our relocation. And, you know, there are things like, what would you like to see in the cafe? And uh, what are some hurdles? And what are the, the pain points that you felt in our previous office? And some of the feedback was unprompted in what we what we really heard was this intense and deep desire for a connection to the community that we were moving into. Of course, it was related to the time frame that this was all taking place, summer 2020. We're all thinking about our commitment to our society and what that means uh, following George Floyd's murder and how this made us all think differently about who we are, what our values are, and what's important to us both personally and professionally. And we were moving into a campus that's next to a $5 billion stadium in the middle of Inglewood. And 
we, I think all felt this desire to be something more than just an office tower that a bunch of staff commuted in and out of. And our staff, again, unprompted, began flooding my inbox with ideas. How could we be involved? And what could we do to really show that we cared about the people? And our what I heard from our staff was they wanted to be active. They wanted to feel. It wasn't about a donation or a, a check that's written or a grant, um, which the NFL does phenomenally well in supporting so many different organizations. But our staff really said, I want to go out and do something and be a part of that. And we couldn't do everything. And so what we did was we met with the mayor of Inglewood and asked for key areas where they needed support. And career development was a key initiative for them. And that's also a development opportunity for our staff is to think about how they share what they do, what was their career journey, and how could they start to influence that next generation of fans and future NFL staff uh, within the industry. And so what we did is we use this as a development opportunity. We put a cross-departmental team of volunteers together. They spent three months uh, in 2020-2021 putting together a program. And in fall 2021, we launched the Sports Content Lab at Inglewood High School. And it's an after-school club that teaches students about sports media production and the wide range of careers that are in the sports and entertainment industry. And it's been, just been phenomenal. Um, we're kicking off our fourth semester next Tuesday. And we also had the opportunity because of the timeliness of our office relocation, we had a lot of equipment and furniture that was going unused. And so we were able to donate it to the school and actually build out their own podcast and, uh, and uh, full on production studio for them. Uh, what I love is seeing the impact that we're having on the students, but even more so is the impact that we're having on our staff. And as I think about the culture and what we are trying to create here, it actually has business implications. We are actually creating a learning opportunity for our staff to hear from each other, to learn from each other, and to collaborate with each other in new ways that never existed. We've had, I think, close to 200 volunteers that have now gone through the program in different capacities. And it's just created this new connection, this new way of working in giving back, but also giving to each other. I love that. I mean, and also you have, you know, this is a, this is still early on, but you have a potential new talent pipeline, right? Right there in your backyard, which is incredible. That and and that's what we that's as we look at the evolution of this program, that's our north star is how do we prepare these students for a future job at the NFL. And we can't wait until that moment where we can say a sports content lab student was hired at the NFL. And so we are actively working with our HR and talent acquisition teams to think about the pipeline, to provide different opportunities, job shadow, mentoring, and then that next step post high school of what can they do to continue to build the skill set so that it does get them into the industry in the future. I love that. And and also that point you made about the, you know, employees, the feedback that they wanted to be active participants. Um, 
That's so important, right? Because of course, donations are great. That makes you feel good about working in an organization, but there's just something different about you actually being involved and um, people like to share their special skills. So that's just, that, that, that's great. It's, I love seeing people lean into this and being able to actually hone their elevator pitch to practice public speaking. And when you're also speaking to high school students, that's different than speaking to a bunch of executives, uh, sometimes using the nomenclature that's common in the industry. And it's teaching all of us to be better communicators. Oh, for sure. Right. I mean, I, I don't know who said it, but like, I think it was Einstein or somebody, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it, right? So um, yeah, I mean, having to break down what you do for someone that's never heard of that, I mean, you can't, you can't be using acronyms, right? Like it's, it's, it's really forcing you to, to teach in a different way. Um, yeah, and, and so, I mean, believe it or not, we're almost at the end here, but one thing I wanted to touch on, I feel like you change roles and you know right before one of the most difficult times in in kind of recent history right before the pandemic and so i can imagine we can write a case study on change management so how did you navigate that and how did you integrate that into the nfl's business strategy i think it it goes back to the basics of what really drives culture is we needed to establish that sense of trust. We needed to be really transparent with the information that we had. And so I worked on a very deep communications plan that involved newsletters, a microsite, town halls. And then we also instituted a group called Change Champions. And those were representative from every department, no matter the size of that department. And they were the voice of of each of their groups. And through that, we were able to kind of do a one-to-many approach in how we communicated information. And I think that there's so much that is a driver of culture through communication. And if you are trying to get people through change, they need information to help settle with that. Good or bad, we, we couldn't meet every single wish that was on our staff wish lists, but we were able to communicate the thought process, the philosophy, and the way that we were thinking about it. And in that way, we were able to establish that credibility and to start to create the work environment that we wanted to have. And through those different elements that we developed through this communication strategy, this change management philosophy, we now have a way of working with our staff that we execute day in and day out. So we kept a lot of those communication elements in place because we had established a habit. And so we had created resources and we had created these ways of working. So maybe in 2021, it was about an office relocation. And then last year, we made it about understanding our business goals. So we took the same exact strategy through change management We looked at our employee engagement survey results and thinking about the different ways that we could connect more at a deeper level across the business and executed a very similar approach. And so we call it NFL Media and Me. How do you fit into our broader strategy? And that is what's carrying us into 2023 and thinking about how we really tie that business operations and culture even closer together. 
I love that. I mean, you're leaning into your your data, your data background, um, communicating, and then the transparency. It sounds like is really key when it comes to change management and and rolling that out at an enterprise level. Um, I had one last question because you're talking about 2023. What are you most excited for this year? I mean, you just got a new role. You just got an expanded role. Um, what are you What are you most excited about? What I love is that I can see these building blocks that have taken years to get to where we are today. And we are building such a strong foundation. These programs are starting to function and continue and create the impact that we we envisioned. We just didn't know if it would come to fruition and we're testing, we're learning all throughout. And now we see some of these foundational elements. And as my team grows, we're able to just continue to execute that. And from someone who has a data background, a strategy background, and to see these different pieces come together from vision to reality, that's what keeps me passionate. That's what keeps me going. And then to see the results uh, from the anecdotal feedback that I receive from staff who feel a difference in the culture that we're building, in the way that we're running our business, to feel more connected, at the end of the day, we hope that turns into greater retention, greater satisfaction, the way people are engaged in what they do. And, and then that drives our business results. And, and so I think we're seeing a historic year for the NFL, and it's just been phenomenal to be a small part of that success. I love that. And I, 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 re- I feel that as an entrepreneur, right? You're in that you built it and and within this organization and now you're finally starting to see some of those results which is which is phenomenal and thank you for your work um so if people want to connect with you online Alyssa, what's the best way to to connect with you linkedin is a great place uh, to be and uh, i would love to connect with anyone if they'd like to have further conversations awesome thank you so much for joining us Alyssa, and thank you everybody for listening Thank you. Thanks to everyone listening in. To get more multicultural insights, check us out at thinknow.com and follow us on social media. You can also subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform. Final thank you to our producer, Lucas Martinez, who created our intro music and makes our podcast sound great. To email him, reach out to martinez.lucas.a at gmail.com.